Hey guys, it's Nora Princiati. And I'm Nathan Hubbard. And we're back with another season of Every Single Album. This time, we're talking about one of the best-selling boy bands of all time, One Direction. Their story is a fascinating look at both the commercial and human sides of being a young artist. We'll be breaking down every single One Direction album and then exploring the careers of Harry Styles, Niall Horan, and the rest of the band after their 2015 split, leading up to the release of Harry's new album on May 20th. And we've got some fun new categories, Nora. Including the most swoon-inducing lyrics. And the suckiest ones. The peak moments for each band member and who won the album. We even got a brand new game. So, calling all Directioners, Harry's, and more, Join us on the Every Single Album feed starting April 11th, every Monday and Thursday. On Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com slash FYC. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, it is Wednesday, April 6th, and we are coming at you with a great interview today. We have Jason Kylar, who is the CEO of Warner Media, the outgoing CEO. He has announced that he's stepping down. There's kind of a house cleaning going on at Warner Media, which owns Warner Brothers and the Turner Television Network, CNN and uh, HBO. So they are being taken over by Discovery. That deal is supposed to close next week. And in the process, a lot of the executives that were at Warner um, when it was owned by AT&T are leaving. Jason Carlyle, the most high profile. Also, Ann Sarnoff, who runs the Warner Brothers studio. And Andy Forcell, who's a big executive at HBO. But I wanted to talk to Jason because he has been a pretty controversial figure in Hollywood for a decade now. He was one of the original executives at Hulu. And he took over. Warner Media when HBO Max, the streaming service, was launching. And he did a lot of things that gained a lot of subscribers at HBO and pissed off a lot of people in Hollywood for how they the company was treating their content. So we got into that a little bit in our conversation. Um, we're not talking about the replacement for Kanye at Coachella. The weekend is stepping in for Kanye. In addition, they're saying that that Swedish House Mafia was also is now also a headliner, but I think they were already on the bill. Craig, are you excited about The weekend? I like it. It's a pretty stacked lineup. I mean, what, Eilish, Styles, and The weekend. This is not a bad lineup coming out of the pandemic. Very poppy, though. Like, I, I'm old enough to remember when Coachella was considered, like, cutting edge, and, you know, they were, it was mostly, you know, rock acts or, or kind of experimental. Now it's basically just, if you're the biggest, they, they just try to get the biggest stars they can. I'm for it. Uh, speaking of big stars, the other development today is the Will Smith hearing, which the Academy had set for April 18th to determine what to do with Will Smith after the infamous slap. 
He's already resigned from the academy, but they are considering whether to punish him further. They moved up that decision. The board meeting is going to be this Friday. So we will know sooner than we thought the ultimate fate of Will Smith. It makes sense they would do that because there's he's not contesting it. The whole reason they had a hearing date set was because he had an opportunity to contest what they were going to do and submit a written response and kind of plead his case. But now that he's resigned from the group, I think they just want to rip the Band-Aid off and get this over with. Uh, makes sense. I've heard a couple rumblings from Academy members saying that the punishment here is going to be pretty swift. And I've said this before, but I think they are going to take away his privileges for being nominated or attending the Oscars, maybe permanently, but it's certainly for a year and possibly more. So we will see what happens. But until then, let's get right into it. My conversation with Warner Media CEO, Jason Kylar. I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. We are here with Jason Kylar. He announced today, Tuesday, that he is stepping down as CEO of Warner Media. It has been quite a two-year run for you uh, with this company. Uh, for those who don't know, Jason was formerly in a past life the leader of Hulu and was there at the inception and, and kind of the early development days of Hulu. Now he's had a, a run at Warner Media where the priority was the HBO Max streaming service, which got off to, I'd say, objectively, it's safe to say a bumpy start, but then really improved under your tenure. So I, I think the first question I have for you, uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you very much, Matt. It's <laughs> good to be here. Uh, you and I have had several back and forths over the years. I have had some critical things to say about some of the strategies. I've also had some positive things to say. Um, and, you know, I think that the the legacy here is the HBO Max service. I mean, where do you feel like you have left that service today as opposed to where it was when you came on board? Well, I mean, you said a little bit about it, uh, uh, Matt, which is um, that HBO Max uh, launched, um, I don't want to say humbly, but, but there was a lot of work to do uh, uh, in May of 2020 when it launched. And now, uh, whether you look at revenues in the markets that we serve or number of subscribers we have in the markets we serve, it, it's we're amongst a three-horse race. And we're, we're pretty much the number two horse in that race, with Netflix being one, us being second, and Disney Plus being third, um, based on revenue that's generated in the markets that we all compete in and number of subscribers. So um, I'm incredibly proud of the team and, and, and what we're doing creatively with the storytelling. Um, I know that this is on the ringer, so I got to, of course, pitch winning time. That's a big, big <laughs> show for us. And uh, um, it's actually really good. I've been watching it like and I'm a kind of casual NBA fan, but it's very good. You don't it's kind of nuts, like four episodes in, there's barely any basketball. Yeah, no, it's it, it, in, in the same way that the crown is the backdrop and it really is about the characters and the, and the crazy things that happen. Um, that's what winning time is. It, it, ba, ba, the, the basketball is, I don't want to say incidental, but you don't need to be a hoops fan to fall mm -hmm. in love with winning time. And uh, so in any event, I, I, I mentioned this, Matt, uh, because when you look at where Warner Media is today, uh, it's, it's a very different company than what it was, call it three years ago, which is we're direct to consumer, we're global. Uh, we've got so much win in the sales with HBO Max. We just launched CNN Plus, and we got a gaming business that uh, um, just had the highest profits in its history last year. So, um, so I, there's a lot to be happy about, a lot of pride. 
So the big thing, as for those who don't know, is that you know you made the decision called Project Popcorn to drop all of the 2021 movies from Warner Brothers onto HBO Max the day they were in theaters. Very controversial. You got a lot of blowback from people in the industry, um, some of your talent partners that were not happy about this. You know, obviously a lot of those people, most of those people, got big checks. Ultimately, that made them less upset. Um, but you know, I think. Objectively, it made it, it gave HBO Max a boost. But can you say definitively that you that the company made or lost money on that decision? I can definitively say that we made money on that decision. How so? Because you burned a lot of cash on those movies. Uh, so uh, so let me let me step back and frame this for you. First things first, we were the first over the wall. Everyone in Hollywood followed our lead. And so when you How look so? at, well, because when you look at Disney and you look at Paramount, you look at everyone else, uh, they did the streaming uh, uh, releases uh, right. at the same time they were in theaters. Uh, and by the way, there was lots of studios that were just selling their movie, their theatrical movies to streamers entirely. We did something that was far more favorable to partners and to the industry, which was we supported 18 theatrical releases with robust marketing budgets throughout the course of the pandemic. Matt, nobody else did that. Nobody else was that was there for, for exhibitors around the world like we were. No one. So I want to start there. We compensated our partners as though every single release was a box office hit. That was very important to me personally. That was very important to us as a company. Um, and then but that, your, co that cost you money on a lot of the movies that flopped. I mean, the example is Hugh Jackman got paid on Reminiscence, which was yes. a gigantic flop and probably would have flopped even in a normal theatrical market. So uh, so let me take a step back because you don't have visibility that I have mm -hmm. in terms of the number of people that watched Reminiscence on HBO Max. <laughs> so, so that's a really important aspect here, Matt. Sure. In, a, in, a, in a situation where we have 7 million people dying, there are going to be people that make the decision to watch a movie from the comfort and security of their home in the height of a pandemic versus going to a theater. And, and what I wanted, what we wanted to do as a team is to give them the choice to do so. And so there was a lot of Hugh Jackman fans that were watching reminiscence on HBO max. Um, you're absolutely right that it didn't kill at the box office, but that's okay. So to your very first question of, Hey, you know, kind of, are you economically ahead or behind based on this decision? It is very clear that we are economically ahead because of what we saw on HBO Max, in addition to what we saw in theaters. And so, um, so again, I I'm happy to go as deep on this as yeah, you want, yeah. but but I took a lot of criticism on this originally, and everyone else followed us, and 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 with good reason because it was the right decision uh, uh, at the right time, and I'm really really proud of it. You know, it's just so hard to quantify. You know, there are movies like Suicide Squad or. King Richard or Matrix 4, those are movies that tanked at the box office and probably would have generated hundreds of millions of dollars if they had a typical you know, theatrical run. How do you then quantify what they made, quote unquote, for HBO Max? So, so the way that we think about it is there's, there's two ways you think about um, uh, kind of the, the results of a movie on a streaming service. Mm -hmm. Number one is how many new subscribers does that movie bring in? And the way you think about it, the way you analyze that is what we call first views. 
So when you subscribe to HBO Max, what's the first thing you substantively spend time with? It's not a perfect metric, um, but it's a good indication that this was probably what compelled you to join the service. And when you join a service like HBO Max, you tend to keep it for a long period of time, paying $14.99 a month in the US market, and we retain most of that revenue. And so you can kind of know economically, here's what a new subscriber is worth. Now, it's not all attributed to that one movie that brought you in the door, but part of it is attributed to it. The second thing that we look at is consumption, which is how many people, whether or not they were a first-time subscriber, watched this movie. And the reason why that's so important, Matt, is because that's an indication that you're delighting customers each month. Because if someone doesn't watch anything on HBO, month, HBO Max in the course of a month, you know, there's a chance that they're not going to retain it for the next month. So, so, and this is a fantastic pressure for us to be under, which is every day we hold ourselves to a very high bar, which is what are we doing for our subscribers today? And do we have a new movie for them? Do we have a new series like winning time for them? And do they like that series? Do they like that movie? So to your question of how we analyze the worth of a movie, we look at it based on first views and we also look at it based on consumption. And, and when we look at the slate of 20, 21, those 17 movies plus Wonder Woman 84, which was technically a 2020 movie in December, um, uh, we feel very good economically about what we invested in terms of our payments to participants and the performance at the box office, and then also obviously what happened on HBO Max. And uh, and keep in mind, you got these movies that were doing hundreds of millions of, of box office in the case of Godzilla versus Kong. So so it, you know you're able to get both, Matt. I, I totally mm -hmm. appreciate everything you're saying about uh, you know box office, but but it is the totality. You have to look at it at, at a fully informed view as opposed to just looking box office only. That makes sense. Okay, CNN Plus just launched. Yes. Do you think that CNN Plus will be a standalone service in two years? The vision of it was never to exclusively be a standalone service. This is what most people get wrong. So let me mm -hmm. you know, give you the vision. The vision for CNN Plus has always been to have the option that consumers can buy it as a standalone service if they so choose. But also, and you'll see this later on, to have it be an option within HBO Max. And so it would be bundled within HBO Max organically. Um, you could argue in the short term synthetically, um, but that's always been the vision, Matt, which is um, because that is sort of, I'll, I'll call it the heft of our business, HBO Max, where you, you see the numbers of yeah, you know, yeah. 74 million at the end of last year growing very, very fast in, in, in terms of uh, you know, that business. Um, it's, it's very easy to see a, a, a future state, which has always been the vision where you could have the option to get the CNN Plus experience inside HBO Max. For but free or for an added charge? For an added charge, for an added charge. But that will eventually be bundled, correct? But, well, let's talk about bundling. Are you talking about economically bundling? Or are you I'm just talking about CNN Plus being a tile on HBO Max that perhaps costs a couple dollars more, or perhaps the total price of HBO Max goes up when you offer it. Yeah, so the former... Uh, the vision has always been that that as you're signing up for HBO Max, or if you're already an HBO Max subscriber, that you would be able to specify, hey, can you throw in CNN Plus for me as well? And there would be a, a charge for that, but it would be inside HBO Max user interface. And so, um, so that's something that most people, you know, they look at CNN Plus today and assume that's that's all it will ever be. Absolutely not. Uh, now, by the way. I think there's a lot of people in the world that will use CNN Plus as a standalone user interface. And the reason why is that, again, most people you know, you aren't close enough to this. 
there's a tremendous amount of text-based journalism inside the CNN Plus experience. There's a tremendous amount of audio journalism, photographic journalism, and then of course, video journalism. Mm -hmm. All of that really um, shines brightest in a dedicated mobile app. Uh, you know, that I would strongly encourage you, Matt, to use the CNN Plus mobile app. You can really see how that makes a lot of sense for that to be a standalone experience. It can absolutely live inside HBO Max, which is largely, as you know, a video experience, you know, largely a living room video experience. Uh, but we're going to let consumers decide. So that's always been the vision. But no breaking news. That's that's the that's I mean, at least not on the, the normal CNN product. That's what I think a lot of people will ultimately want. Well, I mean, but every morning we've got five things with Kate Baldwin. We've got mm. going there. We've got a, a big picture with Sarah Seidner. Uh, like we've got lots of breaking news every day on CNN Plus. So, so, so I, I do want to stress this is the CNN that that people love plus a whole lot more. So, uh, so I, I want to make sure that you know what's inside that. Okay. Um, would you have taken this job if you had known a year later the company would be sold? I would, and, and let me explain why. Uh, make no mistake. Besides Matt, the millions of dollars that you were paid to do it, <laughs> that's a given. Listen, it has nothing to do with that. Um, absolutely nothing to do with that because I, I've been very fortunate in my life uh, on that level. Um, here's the reason why I wouldn't do anything differently mm -hmm. is because if you have the chance, and keep in mind, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I always dreamed about uh, doing something like I'm doing today. If you have the chance to do that for a month, six months, 12 months, two years, 20 years, you know, I would jump at, at, you know, at the chance to do so. And so I don't regret it for a minute. Um, when you look at sort of the pre and post in terms of where Warner Media is today versus where it was two, two and a half years ago, um, I'm incredibly proud of what this team has done. So absolutely, Matt, I would do it seven days a week and twice on Sunday. It's got to be a, a bit of a blind side, though. I mean, I, I can't was. imagine coming in as a disruption figure and then having this play out this way? Well, listen, Matt, um, you know, these things happen in corporate America, mm -hmm. you know, you know, we're owned by AT&T. AT&T made a decision that had nothing to do with Warner Media. It was very much about managing their own balance sheet. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and that was the decision that was made. So it happens. Uh, and so um, it, it's absolutely something that was a surprise to me. Um, it, it was clearly you had a Wall Street Journal profile in the works. So it, it, it uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, th these things happen, Matt. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, uh, but uh, I think a lot of this is about, you know, the choices you make in response to the things that you can't control. Mm -hmm. And the choice that I made a year ago was that I was going to do everything in my power till, till I hand over the keys to discovery uh, to leave this company in the best possible shape. And, and thanks to an incredible 30,000 person team, that's exactly what we're doing right now. I've written recently about some of the questions that Wall Street has had about the addressable market for streaming video. And, yes. you know, the Netflix stock has taken a hit because a lot of people wonder whether there are a billion people out there who will pay for a streaming service. You've you have opinions about this and you've been vocal about that. So tell me why there are a billion people who are going to pay a premium price for a premium streaming service. So let, I, I, I'm glad you asked the question. Um, there are very few services where the value proposition goes up every day versus down. Usually when you buy a car, it depreciates the second you drive it off the lot. When you subscribe to HBO Max, the value of HBO Max goes up every evening because we put a new episode of Winning Time on the service and we don't take away anything else. There are other shows, by the way, for people. <laughs> of course, of course. We, 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 we got... 
thousands, thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so here's what I think most people get wrong, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. the increasing value proposition of a service like HBO Max or Netflix or Disney Plus. Um, and by the way, not many of these services are going to get to scale like a billion. Uh, I think Warner Media is very well positioned to be one of them. The way you get to a billion is not by continuing to charge a premium price uh, that's ad free. The way you get there is by, of course, having an ad free premium price version of your service, but also offering a lower, more attractively priced option that's made possible with the presence of of thoughtfully executed advertising. That's something that Netflix has not been willing to do. We, of course, couldn't start it soon enough because we recognize that these things are all about people's household economics. And we want to make this service as affordable as possible to as many people on the planet. So we wanna get to as many of the eight and a half billion people on this planet as possible. And I would argue we're doing a very good job getting there through our ad-free service and also our ad-supported service. Will Netflix have ads in three years? Yes. Two years, one year? I think they will absolutely get to that conclusion. They should take their time, by the way, because (laughs) uh, uh, more success for HBO Max. But I suspect the religion that they currently have about not having ads will change uh, in time. And and uh, and I say that because, um, you know, uh, offering consumers lower prices um, is a really, really good strategy. And uh, so that's what I, I predict. I'm be, I'm getting the uh, the hook a little bit in terms of my timeline uh, uh, here. So uh, so you tell me how you want to sort of manage the next couple of minutes. All right. What's a random show on HBO Max that people wouldn't think is very popular, but is? Julia. It premiered last Thursday night. Matt, you've got to watch it. It's called J-U-L-I-A. It's, it's about it's, Julia Child, right? It is, and it is the definition of joy. So, And I, I say that whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, uh-huh. regardless of your age, you got to watch Julia. Uh, that is a show that um, I think is uh, people are going to, over the next six weeks, uh, completely fall in love with. So, okay. So uh, a lot of people think that this was a two-year audition for your next job. What? <laughs> what was, what is your, what is, you're not going to tell me what it is, but you are now a disruptor. If anybody wants to come in and shake things up and be aggressive in streaming, you're the first person they call. So what, what kind of a job would you like next? I have always been a builder, Matt. I always love working with really talented people at the intersection of telling stories and technology. And so the last two years has been the most fulfilling of my life professionally, um, running one of the biggest and most scaled uh, media companies on the planet. And so I don't have any grand announcements about what I'm doing next, but I can promise you, I suspect it's going to be at the intersection of telling stories and technology. Um, That's what I do. That's what I love doing. Startup or legacy company? I don't have any proclamations to share, and I. Uh, okay. But uh, but but uh, I do appreciate the time that that we've had today. All right, so uh, that's it. I appreciate your time, Jason Kylar. He is the outgoing CEO of Warner Media. Look forward to what you do next. Thanks, Matt. Take care. All right, we're back with producer Craig and myself. We're doing the call sheet. My call of the day. I am going out on a limb here, not really. The finale of The Dropout on Hulu, the Theranos show, is tonight. So I am going to predict that The Dropout will sweep the limited series category at the Emmys this year. I think it will win outstanding 
limited series. It will win Amanda Seyfried an Emmy for her performance. I think Naveen Andrews, who plays her kind of compadre slash lover slash co-conspirator, he will also win an Emmy. Um, and I think it'll be among Hulu's most watched shows, uh, especially in the limited series category. I know Handmaid's Tale is probably going to still be their highest rated, but I predict that ultimately when the Nielsen's come out for streaming, which are usually delayed, that uh, this show, gigantic hit for Hulu. Feels like one of those shows where I, I'm not watching it because there's too many shows on right now. Also, the true story limited series run right now for television is is insane. Especially the like tech baron slash criminal story. Yeah, you got super pumped. You got We Crashed. You got the dropout. They all kind of merge together to me, and I, I don't want to watch definitely, any of them. This is definitely the best of that lot. I mean, the, the others, I, if I was Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto's agents, I would be pissed because they are just getting blown out of the water. Why do they all come out at the same time? We couldn't have spread these out. I mean, this is this happens in this window in late spring because it's right before Emmy's consideration. The cutoff is actually June, but around this time of year, most of the prestige shows come out and they're trying to get voter attention for awards. And if you have gigantic movie stars doing television like Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway or Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the Uber show. or I mean, Amanda Seyfried is, a, is, is not a huge star, but she had an Oscar nomination for Mank last year. So I think they're just trying to get attention, and they just all happen to come out at the same time. Well, I'm glad that you said this, because now if I have to watch any of those you know tech true story shows, I will now watch The Dropout. You definitely should. It's amazing. Uh, congrats to Liz Merriweather, the creator, who was known for New Girl yeah. before doing this. And she, they, it was a, a odd pairing to put her with this material, and it absolutely worked. All right, that's the call sheet. I would like to thank Jason Kylar, the CEO of Warner Media. I would like to thank producer Craig, and I would like to thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 